Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello Slackers, greetings and welcome to the Slacker Podcast, a place where awesome artists from all around the world come to share their shitty demos. And to be fair, most of the demos that they send us are actually really good. I I feel that there's probably more dirt to be dug into on some of these artists and some of the demos they're giving us might be a little bit more polished than the real first one but mostly we try and get the earliest thing that we can and you can scroll back through the slacker archive and make it sound like it's like 10 years old or whatever uh the slacker archive is basically season one and the first episode of season two which was fat boy slim last week uh i hope you enjoyed it my name is phil taggart i am an irish broadcaster i do a couple of shows on bbc radio one and if you've been following me on social media or if you have been following slacker podcast for a while then you'll have heard me rambling on about this book that i've been writing and finally i can properly talk about it because i got the actual book delivered and in my hand right now it came this morning i got super emotional it's how many pages is it 300 oh breaking news did you hear that breaking news phil's book is out um 364 pages and it's called phil taggart slacker guide to the music industry so basically if you're playing in a band if you're making music if you're an mc if you're a producer or you've got any friends that are out doing it themselves and they're putting music out and you think that they might need a little bit of a hand well i've i've spent two and a half years writing that book going around and uh interviewing the great and the good of the music industry like some incredible bands and artists like run the jewels and biffy clyro and Blossoms and Slaves and Lil Sims and George Ezra and blah, 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 blah. Like 70 uh, artists and contributors on there and some of the best record labels and managers and promoters and uh, journalists. And yeah, yeah, like seriously, it's pretty much everything I could think of about the music industry and all of the amazing people in it. And I've got that book and it's finally available to pre-order. So if you go to www.philtaggartslacker.com You'll be able to buy the book in print. You'll be able to buy the ebook. I've also done up some Slacker t-shirts. 
which I've never done before, so you could maybe uh, go check that out. But honestly, if you make music or you have friends, cousins, uh, dogs that are close, um, terrapins, then uh, this is the book for them. So it might be a good present for them or a good present for you to sort of help you out in your musical career. This week's podcast is with Chris from Christine and the Queens, uh, the French artist. And I use the word artist as the key word, really, because when it comes to not just the music, but kind of like the full 360, Chris from Christine and the Queens has got it all. She's an incredible writer. She's an incredible singer, dancer, director. I feel like she is the prince for this generation you know she's laser sighted on her creativity and how it should turn out and how everything should look and she's just genuinely one of my favorites so i caught up with her just uh before she was on her way to the brit awards um in february for a chat in a hotel room in the ace hotel in london you probably heard people rapping about it like frank ocean sang about it and we sat in it and did this uh, podcast. Uh, just before I hit play on the podcast, this week's podcast is sponsored by Beer 52. We have partnered up with them to give you a free case of beer. I mean, how sound are they? Pretty pretty dead on, isn't it? I'll listen to the podcast. Uh, what's the podcast listen to, cost to listen to? Oh, it's nothing. Is there a Patreon? No. Are they giving away free beer? Yes. So, sort of beer52.com forward slash slacker you get free beers all you have to do is pay for the packaging it's £5.95 for the packaging if you don't know about beer52 it is the world's most popular monthly craft beer club uh, them and ferment have teamed up with citizens of everywhere project to bring you 12 world-class collaborations in beer showcasing the very best of uk and eu relations uh, i really wanted to make an eu pun but i couldn't couldn't really think of one. Let me see. EU can't resist these beers. EU can't do without these. Uh, do you know what? I'll leave the puns to the pun writers. Or did you see the march recently? That massive march. The puns and that were absolutely spectacular. If you like dark beers, light beers, they've got the lot. You can choose between them or mix between them as well in the cases. And you can try your first case for free at beer52.com forward slash slacker and pay the £5.95 postage and packaging and you get eight beers and a snack doesn't say what sort of snack it is but i'd imagine it's salty okay right on to today's podcast this is the slacker podcast in three two one with christine and the queens Here we go, the Slacker podcast with uh, Chris. Hello, how are you mm, doing? Bonjour. Hi, um, I'm good, and you? Bonjour. Bonjour. That's as, that's as far as it goes. <laughs> that's as far as I'm willing to take it. Um, <laughs> we have got we've got you know the Ace Hotel in London. Yeah. A song uh, like a, a hotel that is sung about quite a lot and rapped about quite a lot. This one in particular. Well, or the yeah, concept of the Ace Hotel. Just the concept of well, the Ace Hotel. I'm pretty sure I heard Frank Ocean singing about Ace Hotel. I think Bon Iver also. Bonnie Ver as well. Yeah, which was quite weird. I was listening to the album. It was like, hey, so tell. And I was like, what? <laughs> Do you think they get like to the stay there for free once once you sing it? Oh, I don't know. You think so? I actually thought of it. I, I wondered about it. Get- but sometimes in the the hotel there are like guitars in the room, which I'm personally, I mean. Not this There's one, but sometimes you one. enter the room and there is a guitar in, disp- in disposal. Mm. And I'm like always slightly offended because I don't play guitar. So I'm like, are you trying to make me face my own? <laughs> Where's my three octave piano? Failure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where is my MIDI clav? You should start doing some um, product placement in your songs. <laughs> if you could, what yeah. would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it would be food related because I'm always eager to, to eat. 
So I probably like, you know, talk about chocolate, like lint. And lint chocolate. <laughs> the one with milk without the nuts. Yeah. I feel like they're just going to clip that up and use that now. It's done. <laughs> That'd be a great lint chocolate. But it's, it's hard to, uh, to do that effortlessly. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. So, yeah. I mean, if I was given the opportunity to sell out, I definitely would. You would say what? If I was given the opportunity to sell out, yeah, I definitely would. Yeah, easily. You think for for nothing, like for not even that much money, <laughs> be like, we'll give you like twenty pounds to like <laughs> shop a pre mark, and I'll be like, yeah, done. Do you think the concept is appealing, or just the idea of like you know getting? I just like that. I think the the idea of selling out for absolutely no money is more punk rock than definitely not selling out. Agree with agree <laughs> with you. You can yeah the the idea of like. Placing products, but without having any product. Yeah, at the and, end. and not caring, and just everything. <laughs> drinking Pepsi and drinking Coke at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. Showering with both. Exactly. It, it gets really absurd. I'm a fucking point. rock star, man. Yeah, Check yeah. this out. I don't even drink it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we started the podcast the same way as as we always do with um, a really early demo, and, and I, mm. I thank you uh, and your and your team for for getting me this. I'm trying, trying to find it on my laptop now. It's called right. I always get this wrong. Here you go. Latranger. <laughs> <Fuck's laughs> right. Almost, almost. Latranger. L'étranger. L'étranger. French oh, is God, really complicated so, for like on, on, on. Yeah. So it's, it's the stranger. I did, I did like two years of it in school and I learned nothing. Well, I'm but just, it's like every language. If you don't, if you're not like surrounded by it, then you can't really improve, right? You're hitting puberty. Like you got bigger things in your mind and learning <laughs> things in school. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Even though French could be, you know, if you're a teenage, I don't know. Is it is it still considered as sex as sexy to speak French at yeah, some point? No, not no. even anymore. No, 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 oh, no, no, no. Definitely is like still? Chris, Chris okay. or sign guys. Like yeah, yeah. Someone no. is nodding next yeah, yeah. to us. Yeah. Um. So we've got Letranger. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna Good. play it now. You can hear that I'm singing in my basement. <laughs> like there is a roomy reverb of the basement. De la Maserati, je n'ai acheté que les phares de l'histoire d'Amérique. Je n'ai retenu que l'état de sa déclaration. Je n'ai goûté que les larmes de la congrégation. Se dégage seul. So that demo, what what is the first thing that comes to mind when you when you hear it? Um, well, that song is 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 on the second album eventually and became for me one of the most. Um, I find it's hard to to prefer songs to another, but I remember writing as every song that ends up on the album. I remember writing this one really clearly, and it's always there is a clear sense of um, direction and purpose every time mm. that this song is going to be on the album. You're like, oh, something clicks. And this one was really about... I was actually... I, I, I don't know if you guys know him in England, but there are 
There used to be um, a French singer, really, who was called Daniel Balavoine. Daniel Balavoine. I mean, I just love the sound of his name. It's musical in itself. Right. Yeah. And he was making really fantastic records that were quite, um, actually really modern in terms of sound and production. He was like experimenting with the fair light before it was even a thing uh, in France and everything. And he was doing fantastic songs that were also like songs that uh, bared some conscious, like he was conscience he was kind of looking around and talking about the problems of the world it might sound really cheesy but it was like really well done mm. and when I started to write that song I was writing around the figure of a stranger and how you can feel like a stranger but also like the figures of the refugees and the 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 strangers we are more and more um facing every day and sometimes mm. we are rejecting for no reason and so I was like oh this is kind of my Daniel Balaban song <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah but it felt really great because um I was I was quite happy to go into that direction, and also it was it's one of the first songs where I um, experimented with the sounds and the structure um, way more. It's kind of like it's not really a it's easy not a, it's, classic. It's not a conventional structure to, no. to a song, is it? No, it's really weird. But I went I went with it. I, I didn't I didn't. Uh, Did you set out to go right? I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck the system on this. <laughs> the the first chorus, it. pre-chorus, outro, middle eight. You're like. Screw it! I'm going Ulysses on this. I'm gonna like do so so much weirdness with it. Ulysses, yeah, it's it's a good uh, metaphor, kind of. Yeah, it felt really enjoyable to 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 experiment with that one. And even after that, we I went in the studio with the demo and I produced it a bit further and I replaced some of the sounds with a real harpsichord to mm. the <laughs> and I was like, wow, this this is weirdly aggressive and kind of um, bears a lot of imagery, but it's not really nice. <laughs> And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> Where was it recorded? Uh, it was recorded in Paris, this one. Um, I was actually, I was lucky enough. I, I did most of the album in between Paris and LA. Because in LA, I did some sessions with with uh, studio musicians mm-hmm. who, who were kind of like dudes who played on records by Shaka Khan and, and Prince <gasps> no. and, yeah, and Annie Lennox. So I was bringing my tracks like... Ain't Nobody is my go-to morning track every single oh, morning. Yeah. So good. What was it like? Because um, when you write this music and you take it into... A lot of session musicians who've played on classic records yeah. before. Is is there an intimidation in that, or do you walk mm. in and go, "This is my record. Mm. You're on it. I own it." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm 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 really intimidated, but weirdly enough, in my case, I'm both really shy and really my work is doing all the all the job in me being also really uh, convinced by what I'm doing. Mm. So I'm like blushing. And I'm like playing the song and I have rashes on my skin and everything. But at the same time, I never compromise artistically. So it's like this weird mix of me being forced to uh, overcome my shyness because of the craft. So That I'm, sounds like you, you would be like a, a, a Molotov cocktail. Like you could explode at yeah. any minute because if, you've, if you're battling with that shyness but the confidence at the same time, they're, yeah. they're two different frictions. Oh, so yeah. that would explode to me. Oh, this is this is a complicated life. <laughs> But, in the but sh- yeah, it's it, always, it's always conflicting. Yeah, 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 definitely. And sometimes I'm like, uh, sometimes in the studio I'm like bursting into tears, and people don't really understand where it comes from. But it's be, it's because it's been like a, a battle for like three hours, and nobody noticed. You see mm. what I mean? But but uh, they were really also they were really. Um, I think the concept of a French young girl writing pop tracks they were already like, oh. and they were really like. Uh, into the the ideas and the music and they were really willing to accompany it because they are they are also musicians that love to be at the service of an artist in the best way so they're like they wanted me to explain the lyrics and like oh where do you want to go and oh, oh wow, that's gorgeous so deep, isn't it? it's not them just yeah. turning up for a paycheck or anything like that they're like right we need this 
managed to get this baseline into the groove of yeah. what the song is really all about. Yeah, Love I mean, that. they were they were like really uh, enthusiastic in the best way, like almost like young. They, they they were bearing some kind of weird youth, like they were discovering everything again. It was really 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 cute. <laughs> you're, you're the fountain of youth. You, you made them feel young again. Maybe um, I did. When when you picked up uh, an instrument for the first time, what was it? It was a, uh, but I think, alors I can't remember because I started to play the piano really young, but it was a piano. Uh, my, my parents told me, I, I was too young to remember, that at four years old, I said that I wanted to start the piano. Wow. I don't I, have that memory myself, so I don't know if it's constructed mm -hmm. by my parents, but I don't think my parents would force <laughs> that on me. Stop controlling my narrative, yeah. parents. I uh, don't think so. I think, I think I was really into the piano. But uh, later on in my life, actually, I was like, hmm, actually drums could have been a really cool choice. But it was already too late. I was like 18 and too lazy to start a new instrument. <laughs> but every time I'm playing something percussive, I'm like, huh. And also I think of Phil Collins and I'm like, oh, oh I will, I will yeah. never be as good. You've, seen, you've, you've obviously seen the ad where the, the, the Cadbury's chocolate ad. Of course, the Gorilla. One of the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, whole, this whole podcast is just sponsored by chocolate, isn't it? <laughs> you, you're, you're lint and Cadbury's. <laughs> It's the great chocolate wars of 2019. I'm waiting for my shipment. <laughs> it's coming in now. Yeah. Um, so what was the first piece of music you remember like really getting into? Like the first piece of music you heard? Digging. I'm sorry, I'm going to say something. Uh, people are going to hate me probably. But it was it was Vivaldi. Vivaldi. Um, I'm, it was like, I think, um, um, Stabat, Stabat Mater. Stabat Mater. I don't, how do you say ancient Latin like that? Stabat Mater. It was, you know, Vivaldi, You're the, wrong person the classic composer. He made a really, um, like a cantic, uh, really ancient cantic for like a castra, a castra, like someone, a guy who sings really high. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, and my parents were playing that, I think around Christmas. And I was like, oh, I remember, like, I was so young, I don't, I was not even formed as, an, as, a, as a person. But I remember having a really strong opinion about that track. And I, it felt like the same emotion that I ha had with pop music later. And it was like the perfect pop track. I think Vivaldi is a pop artist, but he was, you know, just uh, wearing like uh, false hair. And, uh, but <laughs> it was it, already like the pop. It sounds like perfection. such a, a cultured upbringing with like listening to classical music and your, yeah. your per both your parents um, being teachers. Mm. I, I, I can imagine like... I imagine like you didn't have TV in your house. I'd imagine you would have been Alors, one of those houses. I do have... I, I did have TV. But... But it's in my house also. It was kind of the best one because they were like full of books and great music and all. But we could also watch, you know, TV. It was not like um, no, the no TV policy. Mm -hmm. Go but, read a book. But uh, they were trying to show us movies or cool movies sometimes to kind of distract <laughs> us from the TV. Yeah. But we were. I was. I was. I was. And also, they were kind of finding weird tricks that were not really helping. Like, okay, you want MTV? Okay, but you're going to have MTV Germany. I was like, oh, why? Like, oh. I don't even speak German. But my brother was speaking German. So I was kind of like looking at MTV Germany. And so I was really up to date with what was strong in Germany. Yeah, you were like, oh man, David Hasselhoff is incredible. <laughs> no, Love Billy Idol. And German rap was something. Yeah? Like, uh, yeah. Like, I couldn't rap in German, but I was like, yeah, the German urban scene is really strong, man. And, and people <laughs> in high school were like, how do you even what, know that? What age were you when this was happening? And like, surely like being into German hip hop, um, uh, 
as a teenager or a young person from Nantes, mm. everybody's like, what are you doing? Boom, it's already a concept. People are like, what? I was like, yeah, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> but I couldn't understand the lyrics, so my brother was uh, enjoying it more than me. But my parents, you know, they were trying to like compromise with the inescapable uh, teenager state of mind. Mm-hmm. They were trying to find tricks to make it a bit weirder <laughs> yeah exactly we're gonna we're gonna educate you by stealth yeah. <laughs> yes like, yeah. um so you, like were you quite shy as a teenager oh or yeah were you sort of boisterous class clown but and then again i mean it's so it's it, it was a conflict also because i i think i know i don't think i'm i know i was really uh i had like self-esteem issues i was really like shy of about many things, but also I was a theater kid. So it was like, I was kind of sublimating all my insecurities with theater. So I felt really comfortable on the stage and I was kind of crafty, artsy and, mm-hmm. you know, people asking me to draw things for them. And I was like, sure. So I was kind of like Cyrano de Bergerac, you know, Cyrano de Bergerac, <laughs> writing for the girls to seduce. Actually, I was really good at that. Uh-huh. The girls came up to me and was like, can you write something for that dude? Like sexy, but not too sexy. I was like, I'm on it. <laughs> so I was... So you, I was not you, dating anyone, but I was helping a lot of You would um, write love letters for other people? Yeah. That's kind of what you do now as well, though, isn't kind it? Kind of, yeah, I guess. It's, except I get to perform them also, which which makes me more an actor. But yeah, I was in the shadows. In the shadows. <laughs> that song was really, really a huge hit on MTV Germany. In the shadows. Is that the, the Rasmus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, deek, I, I don't deek, remember deek, that. Deek, 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 deek. I was like, again, <laughs> again with the crows, really? Uh, Jesus. And like, so at what point were you, like, you got sick of just writing notes for other people and you were just like, well, when am I going to start writing my own love letters? Well, that was, that was the main, the main lingering question. But also like I felt like, for example, being on the stage was like, mm, actually I kind of feel comfortable also being on the stage. But it's, it was it's always different to stand on the stage and own everything on the stage and own everything in life. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I'm, I was living the classic uh, idealistic dichotomy yeah, yeah. of like uh, the shy kid who could only transform on stage. But yeah, um, well, it took me some time to kind of write my own love letters and own them. Actually, it's quite recent. I've been, I've been dating before, but in terms of like self-confidence and... Uh, feeling comfortable with living love stories. It was quite, it, it came along with Christine, like uh, Christine and the Queens and writing my own songs and, and being a bit more comfortable in my skin. And it was, and it, and it's been only like five or six years, you know? Like, wow. Really, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, it, it's uh, only starting, but that, that that's, that's, that's incredible though, isn't it? Like, it, it, like you must be going through some of the, the growing pains of, of love that people mm. maybe go through a little bit earlier. If you're, do you know, like when you're, mm. if you've only been feeling comfortable like that for like the last five years? Well, I was, I was negotiating with it, but uh, it, it was a bit exhausting. You, I was, uh, you know, I remember being, a, but I, I don't think it's that particular. I think lots of people in the, in their teenage years, for me, t- being a teenager was um, living kind of like a soft monstrosity, but I think it's lots of teenagers do experiment that, you know, the um dysmorphobia yeah. and things like that yeah i used to i used to sit and like i would be out and i like uh, as a as a kid i'd be like the class clown and i'd run and mm. jump about mm. as soon as i got home all i ever wanted to do was just crawl under my desk in my room and listen to pink floyd and turn the light off oh <laughs> well see there's another battle but i think it's also 
I think like the great sense of humor and the way to be sometimes a class clown is a way to sublimate exactly that feeling also. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, but mu- music helped me quite a lot. Like, yeah. Just uh, try and figure things out. And I mean, it always has done it and, and it will do forever for a lot of people forever. Mm. Have you ever made like a love mixtape or like do you send tracks to lovers or are people like I because mm. there's certain tracks with me. Not really, actually. Not really. Like I got married last year. And, oh, congratulations. And thank you very much. And there's one track I always hear, and I, we played it as our first dance, and it's Womack and Womack, Teardrops. Oh my God, that's yeah. a good one. And I was like, that, like for, uh, forever now when I hear that song, it reminds wow. me of someone. Do you, do you mm. have tracks like that? Um, I do have that, yes, I do have that. But sometimes it's even like a whole artist. Um, at some point I had like a, a, I was about to say love affair, but it's like a relationship. It's not like Jason love affair. But uh, with someone really, uh, we were listen to we were listening to James Blake a lot, and now mm. James Blake is it's like forever linked to that person. I, like it's have you listened com- to his new album? Yes, I I think it it, it I I really like it because it's the first time that I've heard him re- feel really comfortable in his own mm. skin. It, it, it a lot of people would sometimes throw the sort of like going oh he's you know he's quite downbeat or. Or whatever his way, but this is a really happy album about finding love and, yeah. and finding himself, and I, I find that quite empowering. True, true. If I'm totally honest, it's not my favorite album of him, mm. but uh, I what I like it's like it's really transparent in terms of like you can you can I like to see someone evolve through the music, so you can actually tell where he's at with with an album, and I think it's really um, moving to see someone who has such a genuine relationship to songwriting as uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost like a like a diary but sublimated so that i liked and i was like oh he's actually really very much in love <laughs> yeah yeah he really is and i i um but um i have to be honest it's not my favorite there is a i was i i loved actually the one just before the color the color in, in anything mm-hmm. but yeah it was more tom- tormented i want him to be happy so it's i'm, I'm glad yeah. he's happy though some people think that you have to be tormented to be an artist to make great art Mm. And some maybe some artists do, maybe. But I don't. I don't, I don't sure. I, like maybe younger version of me probably would have mm. been like, oh, I hope that they're tormented so I get a good album. The older mm. version of me now would be like, well, I don't want anybody to be tormented. <laughs> I'd rather like they they are happy and yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the the sort of individual self and the greater self, the utilitarian self, that kind of grows as you get older, doesn't it? Yeah, and also I think sometimes people link falsely the idea of being sad with the idea of surrendering to feelings, which Mm -hmm. is something you can do even when you are happy. Mm -hmm. I don't think you need to wait to be sad to be unfolding things. I think it's a relationship to to the songwriting. But it's interesting because this year, I had like complicated love life this year. It Mm -hmm. was like a wreck. I could pitch my life to Netflix. It was really really good... (laughs) complicated thing and so at some point i went to see a shrink right yes i did yeah i, I was mean, really i was really wrong afraid. with that like like pretty much me and most of my friends who are lads i know they they won't admit it in the group but they'll admit it privately yeah i don't know i was always afraid to to see one i don't know why but, mm. and i went to see one and i spoke for like one hour and the only thing he said to me in the end of the session was like well at least you will make great song great great song Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was like, is it all you have to say to me? Because this is already something I Fix know. Fix me. Yeah. <laughs> Fix my life. I give you the, the phone numbers and you do the job. But lots of people, when you're a songwriter or a writer, they always say that when you have like, when you're really sad and like, you'll get to write beautiful things out of it. And mm. sometimes you're like, can you just say something else like, to me? Fuck off. I'm yeah. actually a person as well. <laughs> can you help me also? <laughs> Michael Jackson. I, I Who's think that guy? He's like a, he, he works. He works in the, <laughs> the petrol station right down beside <laughs> me. He's a really big fan of yours, and I just want <laughs> the one who moves moonwalks all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's yeah. like really good at washing cars. Um, he, like just, we're about this the the same age, and I think Michael. Well, Michael Jackson obviously predates both of us by quite 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 some time. But he's he's the first pop star I really fell in love with musically, like yeah. Bad and Black and White. Were the the two tracks, the the album Dangerous, yeah, is fantastic. Also, it, it was one of um, the main album in my. I had like for the second album, I had like a sound mood board with like references of sounds, and Dangerous was like boom in the mood board. <laughs> no pressure. I was just I did, I did put it because of the um, relationship to sampling as really cartoonish. You mm-hmm. know? There is a song called uh, "She Drives Me Wild," and it starts with literally a car driving, yeah. which for, to, to me is kind of like brilliant. Uh, slim shady relationship to illustrating every word you know mm-hmm. it was quite fun but yeah my uh I'm, I'm going to say something that is uh slightly unrelated but not really at my um i did a gig in paris recently uh last december <laughs> and i uh perform and i at some point i look in the crowd and i see michael jackson fine it was like actually it was like a pers- uh, an impersonator of Michael Jackson, but it was like like seeing Michael Jackson in the crowd, <laughs> nodding to the music. I was like, like, I had like two seconds of like, is it really <laughs> possible? And then I realized it was just like a, oh my god, an impersonator. But that so- was cool though. When something like that happens, you have to question your whole sanity for like just a little minute. 
But you're on stage, so it goes really fast. But I had two seconds of like, <gasps> I can't believe he just went back just for me. Michael Jackson is reincarnated. And he's come back in my gig. I knew it. I knew it. I and said it was going to happen. The, <laughs> the person reading my tea leaf said that got it bang on. Yeah. <laughs> he, well, he seemed to enjoy it. He stayed until the very end. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. He's moonwalked out of there straight off. I, I didn't dare to look too much. I was kind of like hypnotized. I knew he was around. That, so it, it would be so weird if like Michael Jackson, the impersonator's impersonator manager came up to your manager and was like, Michael would like to come backstage. <laughs> oh, that'd be... I mean, I'd be willing to do that just to live the dream. Yeah. I never... Well, you're never going to meet I him. Could, but yeah, so I could just pretend it would be enough. There, there are certain artists out there that I'll never meet. And yeah. it used to really annoy me that I'll never meet this person because I'll never get to spend the time with them that I would, I would like to. Mm. But the older you get, you're like, oh, well, maybe the ideal is... Idealized version in my head it's might really actually better. be better. So, like yeah. somebody like Joe Strummer from the Clash, I would be like, "Oh my god, I need to! I'd love to meet this person." Yeah. But no, sometimes your legends and heroes can't live up to what you've built them in your head. I'm actually kind of sure it doesn't live up to the expectation. I'm trying to think of anybody that I'm really pessimistic. Really did. So I would be, for example, when I'm when I'm really a huge fan, I'm afraid to meet the the artist. I'm kind of like really, I'm, I don't mm. want to, don't ruin it for me because it can be. Um, if you're like disappointed, then yeah. you cringe a bit when you listen back to the tracks. I don't. So this is uh, fun. I'm not at the same level at all. But this is why I'm getting really uh, self-conscious when people come and talk to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, what if it's not the right day? What if I'm not good enough? Yeah. What if I'm disappointed? You can't be on all the time, and and no. and people will open up to you in a, a different yeah. way. I, I have a friend of mine play uh, is a is an artist an artist and um it sounds like an artist. An <laughs> a friend artist. of mine is an artist and um. <laughs> They make quite confessional music, so when people come up and speak to them, they'll talk about like really personal things, really, really, really personal things, and then they'll leave, and Ooh. then the person behind will come in and they'll be like looking for a hug, and that person has just left such an impact that they're feeling pretty flat. You yeah, know, they'll, yeah. they'll talk about something really deep, and then you have to like put on a smile again. Mm. It sounds exhausting. But we were talking about shrinks. It's almost uh, sometimes you feel like you're, you're almost um, right in the be- between being a shrink, a shrink, a really weird priest, and. Uh, you know uh, uh, just an ear mm. and also but it's really interesting but yeah it's true that sometimes and uh, at some point when people give you so so um deep and personal stories i was always for example myself afraid not to respect that enough i was like what is what is the right reaction to that yeah you can't How just go can yeah like, yeah cool see you later yeah so you were depressed yeah cool well have a good day yeah yeah it just it doesn't feel <laughs> so good, you don't it? but at the same time you don't want to be like you you don't know those persons mm. so i um, uh, it's always a great question like where do I sit but then you have to go with their flow I guess we talk about the we talked about meeting idols and stuff but like <laughs> when you say they don't reach the the level inside your own head but surely getting spanked by Madonna must have been like that was well I didn't on mean, stage I didn't dare to dream it that, <laughs> this is why it was so good it had to have lived up to its moment like yeah it was kind of like in my head. It was like computer crash. <laughs> I, I couldn't really process all the informations because because you did. You, wait, if I, I knew that I would go on stage, but I was told that I had to go with the flow, and mm. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. Well, pre- so prior like, to that, she okay. she's open mouth kissed. How sexy does that sound? Open mouth kissed Britney Spears. She did Drake. You oh, it's true. She did. I she, remember she that. She did Drake. She kissed Drake as well. She did Drake. She did Drake. No, well, <laughs> and she did Chris. The, the rumors are the rumors are going about. <laughs> and then uh, you must have been walking up to that, going, "I'm getting a kiss tonight. I'm getting a well, kiss." Well, and she spanks you. 
<laughs> yeah, but that was even better. I, I surrendered to my... But that, uh, well, what uh, people don't really know because the spanking has is, is been talked about. But shortly after that, she continues to test me. She kind of uh, give me a banana. She gives me a banana. And what you Have mean? you seen that part? No. So I, well, I, well, I, I was in the Christine territory. So I was like daring. So I took the banana. I put the banana in my pants to have a symbolic dick. Yeah. And I was like, can I ask you out now? And so I was like... Yeah, right, you know? yeah, and she goes even further, and she rubs her body against mine. I, I think, I think there is a YouTube video of that. If I'm not even lying, I, so it was quite cool. I and then she calls that. me Christina, so I don't know if it wasn't a, a nice nod or not, <laughs> <laughs> or a soft shade. Like, thank you, Christina. Bye. I think that sounds, <laughs> Actually, it's Christina. Okay. Do you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a a, a one night stand. Yeah. Where like you, you've like got it on, and then as you're like leaving the hotel room, she he's like, call call me Christina, and you're like, yeah. oh fuck, and you're like, you don't have my phone number. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, no, okay, I'll, yeah, see you later. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, so um, when I was I was going back through so so much stuff hmm. and so much music, I've I've been on like a. Uh, Christina the Queen's binge. You're like the queen. How does it feel? Yeah, you know, I feel good. Okay, look, cool. look at me. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm, you, I'm you seem actually radiant healthy, with your really music. Healthy, yeah. I'm radiating your music. Um, you're like the queen of EPs. <laughs> queen of EPs. Yeah. yeah. Really? <laughs> Just you've so many EPs. Like I, I didn't. I, I because I'm like everybody else. Like you, you popped up on everybody's like sort of yeah um emotional metaphysical timeline around about like 2015 16 14 um before that you were releasing like eps and releasing loads of it's music. true actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. at some at, at first it was like self-released uh home crafted eps and then i i did one last kind of more professional looking ep just before the album it's mm. true actually i had like three EPs before and you produced those yourself you yeah made those yourself and how did you find because obviously you produce everything yourself, but like mm. even getting into the idea of like producing EPs and stuff, yeah. how long did that take to learn? Was that was that difficult, or is that something that you sort of uh, you were like, I need to do this because I'm not letting somebody else do my music? It was kind of like really organic. I don't know if it means anything in English. Organic. It's not like mm. I, maybe it means something no, else. No, it does. But it was quite natural because I I, I remember like the idea of uh, run, wanting to write a song was immediately linked with production for me. I, w I wanted to shape also the sound because I've been I've been listening to like Bjork and the Knife Fever Ray, so I did want to have that relationship to the textures and the production. Mm -hmm. I was even more excited by the production sometimes than the pure songwriting. So it was kind of like linked. Mm. So the first song I wrote were like on GarageBand. Um, and I was kind of, I had like no knowledge of mixing and everything, but I was, I was doing the classic technique of someone who doesn't know. I was putting lots of distortion, lots mm. of reverb and delays until it was kind of like. Spacey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and uh, hybrid in the textures. Mm. And then I, the more I was kind of like, uh, and then I upgraded to logics uh, and, and the more I was doing, I was learning by doing it. Mm -hmm. And at some point I did like a, just a session with someone who could explain logic to me. And he was like, I don't even understand how you do. Uh... It's like learning to drive by yourself. Like yeah. You, just, you have like all sorts of weird, like weird techniques logic. that nobody yes. knows. Yeah. He was like, why do you put your compressor after the delay? Okay, actually sounds okay, but it doesn't really make any sense. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just go by. And I was going by ear. So I was, yeah. I'm, 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 you're fiddling around for hours. And then you have your own small habits. And then I discovered the process of recording in the studio and and which was another process and it was really cool. But actually sometimes I'm kind of like, I wish I, and I think I will 
go back to the aesthetic of like just straight out of my computer releasing something quite a small format that could be self totally self-produced without going in the studio yeah well like i know a lot of bands and artists will say sometimes the demo ends up better than the the yeah. actual production but i think the great thing about the demo is the first emotion yeah even in the singing sometimes it's not uh sometimes you sing it better after but the original emotion of the demo is unbeatable and actually in the studio i'm like Sometimes I'm recording an, uh, an album and it sounds really much like the demos actually, but like slightly, of course, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know, more refined. Because every time it gets uh, too astray of the demo, it's it's really getting depressing. There is a song called Doesn't Matter. Oh, yeah. Where, yeah. And I recorded first the, the new vocals, like without listening back to the demo. And I was like, for some reason, it sounds like shit, you know, the new vocals. <laughs> and then I went back to the demo. It was really this really languid, desperate elocution. And I was like, oh, I'm stupid to even forget about that. Mm -hmm. And I re I did them again. Yeah. Trying to emulate the demo. So. so when you did the EPs and, and the albums yourself, but then when it came to recording Chris, um, mm -hmm. the second album, you tried out a couple of sessions with two people. You did some with Mark Ronson. Uh, actually, um, I know it was uh, said that it was for my album, but it never was actually. Was it not? No, it, no. Was, it was just like random I was sessions. invited by Mark Ronson because that's some, to do a session for maybe his record uh, with Diplo. Uh, okay, yeah. And uh, Damon Album, oh, it was City. maybe for the Gorillaz record. Yeah, yeah. But it was never for my uh, record. No, no, it wasn't. No, no. 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 Enfin, no. no. <laughs> I'm not to that point where I, I, I want someone else to produce it. But I was I was really uh, curious to try sessions because I'd never did them before. And, and you're feeling after that? Uh, I have to, uh, I don't know. One session, uh, Mark Ronson was lovely. That's all I can say. Uh, so moving swiftly on. But no, but with Mark Ronson, I had a really interesting discussion about production actually. Mm -hmm. Because it was so different from what I was doing. Because I've, I've been working on my own since the beginning and like, you know, as we were saying, crafting things. And you need to pick up some techniques from other people. Or not, not even yeah. like techniques of how you do it, but just like... How you, how you sort of create? I don't yeah. know. It's, it's always I was. It's always interesting finding out other people's processes. Yeah, and I think when I'm a huge fan of an artist, I'm always really curious to know how it works. Like for example, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Parker from Tame Impala. I'm fascinated mm. by the mixes yeah. and all, and I I wish I could see one day how he even craft and work his sound. But with Mark Ronson, it was even more interesting because I was kind of like entering something I didn't do before, like the. Um, the machinery in a really good way like how to craft a fucking hit mm. I, I, said, I said fuck you can you can it's um, and, it's, and it was you know the, the, the technique of top lining a production and then taking the best part to reassemble is something I never did and I was kind of I couldn't really understand the. I don't know if I'm like uh, that kind of top liner mm. I don't really know how to do that really well so I, I started to talk about it with him because I felt a bit self-conscious and I had like you know rashes and like a cold sweat so I was like I'm not good enough he was like no it's just that you don't work that way and I was like yeah maybe <laughs> but maybe I'm just shit you know maybe I'm just a small Valid French shit va validate me Mark yeah, yeah but he, he like he, he, he has the Midas touch when, yeah when, true when he, like every, everything he knows yeah he was, everything he touches turns to gold he was curating mm. he was like mm, this part with that part I was like Really, and then he was assembling it. I was like, ah. but that's what I imagine him to be like, like less so than I just imagine him to be the perfect person to pull everything together. Yeah, like he's yeah. like the ultimate adhesive, 
in the music industry. Well, Travis Scott at some point in the new record says, I'm the glue. I think it's the same idea, right? You kind of like, but yeah, yeah. Um, and it was really interesting. But from those sessions, yeah, nothing nothing really uh, solid uh, did uh, What's your exit. Fa- what's your favorite pop alter ego? I've got... I've written down a couple of mine, right? Okay. Beyonce and Sasha Fierce, mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Lion. That's a good one. And of course, boy Ziggy Sardust, and then Prince and Camille. Ha! The Prince one is really appealing to me, but I think the gender fucking is really. Uh, I think Prince was really doing it perfectly, uh, cleverly because it it felt like the a pure mind fucking the best the best way, you know, mm. and it felt really fluid and sexy and cohesive i don't know i think it's still really modern i think the relationship with prince and sexuality and how he's, he worked his masculinity and for him like camille was also like a way to even love a woman further but by becoming like if i was your girlfriend mm-hmm. it's like the uh, the intimacy will never reach by being a man i don't know if i think it's really modern so i really like that well, like yeah. prince's relationship with with masculinity femininity yeah it's so like confusing to pretty much everybody because <laughs> but then it shouldn't be really do you know what i mean because like ultimately he's just like yeah i'm one suave motherfucker who's in touch with his feminine side who will sleep with your girlfriend i think yeah i think <laughs> what really bothers people is the freedom and the lack of uh roles like, explanation yeah. and concept i think it's just like a pure um sensual experience for me for him also which is sometimes maybe a bit more disruptive than someone who conceptualize it really much prince is just doing what he wants to do to just yeah get in your pants or enjoy life or like taste everything mm. or or if he wants to be fancy like that he will but also like even i remember like watching watching Papa rain and being uh finding him extremely sexy but impossible to pin down but like i'm i mean i'm a heterosexual man and i find prince sexy and i have, I have absolutely no qualms in saying that yeah <laughs> do you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah like there's just certain people that ooze that power mm. across yeah whatever whatever you are do you know what i mean true it's pure mojo <laughs> pure pure mojo that's exactly it mm. um so the music videos like we, we we actually talked about music videos a, a little while back at um a youtube it was just before your album came out actually mm. um i love your videos they're they're incredible Merci beaucoup. Uh, that this jacket actually reminds me of the jacket that you wear in five dollars five dollars yeah it's the it's the suit mm. um, I, I, I have to do say this if you uh, if you do know five dollars she chris is not wearing mm-hmm. the bondage <laughs> it's the jacket you will never know because i have a turtleneck. neck maybe it's underneath <laughs> i wish I mean, actually, the concept of it was was um, of the video also was that every time after that video, people wonder if I actually wear bondage underneath my my clothes. Yeah, it's really, it's like forever, the question will pop: like, is she really You're wearing like, that kind of thing? Underneath? It's Tuesday. Yeah. I'm sitting in the house. <laughs> I've got my crap hoodie on, <laughs> and but I've got my bondage on yeah. underneath. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the reveal, the reveal. Yeah. Um, but you take your videos um, very seriously. True. Like this isn't something that is just. No. images for music it's, no. p- it's part of the full 360 mm. you aren't just a musician are you like you you and then mm. you're everything do you know what i mean you're everything thank you all right <laughs> i feel way better now the, the brits is happening in a couple of hours tonight, i feel like, like you don't need your brit carpet, now. like hi i'm everything <laughs> who are you chris no i'm everything 
I'm everybody and everything. Well, that's that's the next step, isn't it? You're like, going, <laughs> I was Christine, I'm Chris. The next album, I'm everything. I'm everything you need. I'm, I'm everything and nothing at the same time. And then Johnny's like, no, <laughs> what do we call you now? <laughs> I'm really thinking about some, that sometimes. I'm like, should I, should I push them to the very edge by changing my name? drastically like James and then they will be like <laughs> crying and she's like how do we even you do have the ability to be able to like trigger uh journalists I'm and, triggering and, and, and yeah but that's good yeah like, like I think that's that that's what's in the, the grand history of pop music the best have always done true um and some people find it difficult to understand mm. and you definitely did do that with um you know, striking the and the queens out, Mm-mm. the teen and the queens teen, out, teen and the queens, teen and the queens out. Bye, teen and the queens. See you later. See you later. Yeah, and and I think I did an interview with you at the very, very, very start of the campaign on on Radio One on the phone. I think it was like one of the first interviews. I think you maybe had done a couple beforehand, but I was I was wrapping my head around calling calling you Chris, mm-hmm. and then. I, I got something I didn't even want to ask you about today because I feel that like you must be oh, so sick of ta- talking I about it. I talked about it so much. Yeah. 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 But are you going yeah. like, to keep it up? Like you it is the, you? The, um, am I... Am I going to keep yourself up? <laughs> I have no idea. That's what's good. Even I don't have any idea. That's like good. even when I, you know, when I worked on Chris, it was like both something that I started to uh, choose, but something that I didn't choose also. But mm. there is a relationship to risk, I think, and uh, exploring things further and like, I don't know, I like the idea of uh, risking things and shape-shifting and otherwise it's kind of, it doesn't, it's boring to me. I don't, I don't want to be bored and just like... the same album twice? Yeah. You know, I don't want to be like the chocolate lint. I don't yeah. want to like build on the brand. I want to explore as an artist. Yeah. Boom! And I like... <gasps> Sorry. My, me myself, like I, I'm more of a Cadbury's guy, you know, soft, mm. silky, <laughs> smooth, delicious, and in low calorie form. Oh, really? I don't know. You, you even made me to want to chase Cadbury. <laughs> well done. <clears throat> what's okay. it like? What's it like transitioning from somebody who's a music maker and somebody who's looking at other artists and building furtively and then becoming a pop star? Because like, there's no way around it. You're a pop star. Mm. Like, what's that transition like in the middle? Do you notice it? Is it a whirlwind? I don't know if I, I don't know if it's noticeable actually. Um, it's definitely it's been it's been definitely a really impressive to to experiment on the first album because I was also coming from a place where people didn't really had any type of expectations on that record. Mm-hmm. So then from there I was like, Phew. it was like explosions after explosions, and from the inside it, it was just. You know, also the fact that I'm kind of working on everything at once, uh, uh, like uh, uh, performing, but then I have to uh, um, write a a treatment for a video and then I have to work on the scenography. You are in a constant load of uh, work, which makes it really humbling. You don't really have the time to say like, "Eh, look at me, you know. Mm. You know, shortly after the spanking with Madonna, I was shooting a video, so I didn't (laughs) even have time to... And it's good. I think it's it's good like that because... uh, What's the what's the what's the come down like? Because like I, I work quite hard. And I work yeah. like about six days a week, and I, I'm not one of these people that deals very well with time off. Mm-hmm. So I took two weeks off over Christmas, and my wow. anxiety went through the fucking roof because yeah. I had nothing to do, and I was sitting on my sofa back in my hometown. And I after about two or three days, I was like, "This is bliss." And then after three or four days, I was like, "This is hell." My head is like, my head is up my ass. Mm. I was like, I need to do something. Yeah. 
Like, same same but, relationship with but, time but, off. But that must be so difficult. Like uh, when you come off albums, tours, mm. interviews, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But after the first the, the first tour, uh, I I slept for a month <laughs> because I was really, really tired. So I didn't have any choice. My body was like, girl, you have to break. Yeah. But I was already fantasizing about writing the second record. And I can't, I, I don't know how to take a proper holiday. Actually, it's been a problem in my personal life. Like yeah, people I've, I've been with are like, can you just stop <laughs> thinking of something artistic to do? Yeah, my missus says And like, I was like, you saying that just inspires me a new video. And <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my missus says that to me all the time. I'll be like, what, what about this is actually, she's like, if you take on another project, I swear to God. <gasps> oh my God. Because she has to listen to like the, 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 the meltdown, the breakdown that I have every like two months. I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. I can't fucking breathe. Mm. And she's like, stop taking shit on. Mm. Yeah. I same, same, very same. But then um, again, yeah, I don't, it feels like dying if I stop doing. Uh, you're like a shark. Things. You need to move forward all the time. Kind of, yeah. Um, I've got one last question. It um, just pictures my, myself as a shark now, which is. Christine Shark did to I think I would be a really song? nice shark without teeth, like useless. <laughs> like, I don't want to bite your Lego. You'd just be like one of those, like, sort of hammerheads with like, the, yeah, the, yeah. the big eyes mm-hmm. looking at going, yeah. Hey guys, you want to come see a shipwreck? <laughs> <laughs> I'd totally be that kind of shark. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so, last question. Okay. Um, already? Yeah. Oh, yeah, already. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, you, you got to go, go to the ball. True, I have to I have to do the facials and everything. Yeah, and like get exfoliate. Exfoliate as yeah. Um, as as one piece of advice that you would give to someone starting out in music right now. I'm I'm writing a book for for young <laughs> artists that are starting out. And <clears throat> I'm sort of pulling together one advice. One piece of advice. Not to put you on the spot, but something something that you would sort of say to your younger self going, right, this is how you do it. Well, I think what could be really helpful? For what works for me, for example, even now, is like I close my eyes and I and I'm like, where do I want to be in five years? And how? What type of artist I want to be in five years? And how do I want people to uh, to think of when they 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 say my name as an artist in five years? So you try to picture like a trajectory, and sometimes you have answers like maybe in five years I'm not sure if or. In five years, I do want to exist at that type of artist. So it kind of helps shaping, because I think if before you enter this industry and even before you kind of start to do your thing, it's kind of cool to, you don't have to be sure of who you are yet, but how you want to exist as an artist is good. Because sometimes you have like really clear answers. Some people love to really perform and some people love to be a producing and then you have like answers coming quite naturally. I'd say, I'd say that. What do you reckon, Chris? Me and you gonna make our five-year plan on the taxi on the way back after this? I think I'm gonna. You do could, that as if well. you're really like a game, you can think twenty years, but then you're like really optimistic about your health and about <laughs> the music industry as a whole. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well, um, in five years' time, where do you see yourself? Well, hopefully, with 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 uh, maybe one or two more albums, still experimenting, and I, for example, I, I kind of. Like sometimes I walk in the streets uh, of Paris and people are like, oh, this is the lady of the blue video. And I, I kind of want to be that type of artist that can raise like images in your mind. Uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, she, fine. You know, that it's not, it's true that it's, it's the songs are the core of it, but it's more than that. It's kind of like, it's a, mel- it's a mix between being a movie character and a performer and a songwriter. 
and you kind of raise images in people's head. I kind of like it. It's cool. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking this time. Good luck tonight. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.